Welcome to the Smeichel Speaks podcast channel. I'm Joanne Smeichel, and I'm delighted that you tuned in for relevant leadership learning that will help you continue to soar. Enjoy this episode. If I'm not careful, I fall into the trap of only noticing the worst leaders, the worst organizations, the worst situations. I think that could be because people often wait until there's a crisis to call on a consultant. So when I get there, I see them at their worst. But in reality, there's a tremendous amount of compassion and kindness demonstrated by leaders everywhere. So if you're slipping into cynicism, or apathy, pay close attention to this short podcast. I'm going to give five strategies to grow in compassionate leadership. The strategies are reminders of things most of us know, but sometimes in the haste of life and our pressures and all that stuff, we just forget. So I got to start out by telling you I have two biases about compassionate leadership. The first is that I believe that it's demonstrated by people who have developed compassion in all areas of their lives. The second is that I believe that it fosters commitment and engagement in in employment situations, in families, in volunteerism. I just think that it goes a long way, that compassion, to getting people to really want to commit. As I watch uh, the leaders who really do a good job of demonstrating compassion, I got to tell you, they're not wimps. They hold people to a high standard. So don't get compassion confused with being weak or wimpy. So first things first, and that's the human element. The people who lead are just that. The people who you lead are just that. They're people. Leaders are people. The people they lead are people. They're moms and dads and sisters and brothers and nieces and nephews, sons and daughters, aunts and uncles. They're individual human beings who were put on this earth to do more than the work that they have to accomplish to fulfill your enterprise's goals. Honor the human element by listening and learning. Listen to people's concerns. And I mean, put your device away, make eye contact and tune in so that you can hear what they're saying. Don't assume that you know, because you probably don't. Don't dismiss every concern as a complaint. Listen to hear what people are struggling with. There are times when it may be uncomfortable, but you have to hear what they're struggling with, even in their personal lives sometimes. And I say this with a word of caution. Listen not to be nosy or to be a problem solver or or an amateur psychiatrist. Listen to demonstrate genuine compassion. When you hear about the personal struggles, you may be able to direct them to the resources like your company's employee assistance program, a local food bank, a shelter. If you listen, you can certainly learn about some of the impediments that may be getting in the way of their work. So speaking of work, let's get back to that for a minute. Listening about the work. I'm a big believer in inviting dialogue with the people closest to the work. They have insights and intelligence that senior leaders often lack. Demonstrate compassion by being fully present 
and listening to those other human beings. Listen to their experiences with the work. Listen to their ideas. The second act of compassion I want to quickly cover is faith. I'm not talking about religious or spiritual faith. I'm talking about faith in our fellow human beings. Let's assume good intent. Let's assume that even when people hurt us, slight us, insult us, or offend us, that they probably didn't wake up that morning with sticking to us, sticking it to us on their minds. They probably didn't wake up deciding to do, to do harm or danger to us. Now, of course, there are a few truly mean-spirited evil people who are intent on harm, but most of us, most of us are just not like that. So we have these choices. We can choose to believe the best of our fellow humans, or we can choose to be suspicious and wary. Both of those acts require energy. Being a compassionate leader means that you'll direct your energy to the positive choice, even when it's hard. Let me tell you something. I've worked with clients who I really struggled to believe wanted the best for the organization. I suspected they were self-centered, self-absorbed, and had some dark motives. Sometimes I've been right and sometimes I've been wrong. But in both cases, it took a lot of my energy to be wary of people and their intentions. I'm not saying that there aren't challenging people and challenging situations. I'm saying that an act of compassion is to frame interactions in a light that gives the other person the benefit of the doubt. It's not easy, especially after you've had a negative track record, but it is doable. I want to give you a practical example that you can use of having faith and assuming good intent. So let's say that there's a productivity problem on one of your teams. Here's a compassionate way to inquire. You could ask the team leader something like, let's talk about your workload. How can we reprioritize so your team can meet deadlines? Are there impediments that I need to know about? That's a way to ask that assumed good intent and invites dialogue. The third thing I want to mention is probably where I should have started. I'm good at that, kind of jumping in and forgetting the basics. But here, this is what I should have said at the beginning. It's all about self-compassion. Self-compassion is a theme that's been running through a lot of my podcasts this year. The long and the short of it is that if you give yourself a break, it's easier for you to give other people a break. If you're genuinely nice to yourself, it's easier to be genuinely nice to others. I love the way that Dr. Kristen Neff puts it. She says that when we are self-compassionate, We don't mercilessly judge and criticize ourselves for shortcomings and inadequacies or perceived inadequacies. Instead, we're kind and understanding of our frailties, of our faults, and of our failings. She says that we're mistaken if we think we're supposed to be perfect. Dr. Neff says that if we're self-compassionate, we practice self-kindness and not self-judgment. We focus on common shared humanity, and we don't isolate ourselves. And lastly, she says that we're mindful, but we're not self-absorbed. The fourth element of compassionate leadership is support. 
It's easy to talk about being supportive of people or of the enterprise, but doing it takes a lot more work. Support sometimes means making sure employees have the resources they need, budgetary, technological, human, all sorts of resources. And support sometimes means listening, that listening that I mentioned earlier. Sometimes support looks like getting in there to do the work with your people. Sometimes support is helping colleagues overcome challenges. An interesting thing about supportive leadership is this. It should be demonstrated vertically and horizontally, meaning support your peers, your team, and the people you report to. Support goes in every single direction. Something else I want to mention about support is that it has to be individualized to have meaning. I want to give you an example, and this is more personal than business, but I think it makes the point. A colleague, a person I volunteered with, she lost her dad. So I love to cook and I love to bake. So I immediately asked if I could prepare dinner one night. That was my idea of support. And she said, no, I really don't need that. What I need is for a cleaning lady to come to do my house before everyone gets here. That was the support that she needed. And that was the support that I provided. It wasn't my idea of support or even my way of supporting, but it was what she needed. I'm saying this because we sometimes get caught up in how we would want to be supported during a challenge and fail to understand that it's not about what we'd want. It's about what the other person needs. Be sure and ask what's needed before inserting yourself. If you can't provide what's needed, it's okay to say that. There are so many instances where a team needs X and a leader provides Y. No, we want to have dialogue so we know what they need. It's important to have that ongoing dialogue to get the right resources. Otherwise, what is the point? The fifth and the final element of compassionate leadership is cheerleading and coaching. Giving praise and encouragement is affirming. It's motivating. It encourages people to invest and do their best. That's the cheerleader piece. I sometimes hear leaders say that they shouldn't have to celebrate it when people do their job. Yes, you should. Get over yourself. Yes, you should. People, all of us, benefit from a pat on the back, from recognition of a job well done, from encouragement. Get over yourself and give some praise. Write thank you notes. Buy small gifts, treat to lunch, do things to let people know you appreciate them and their contributions. Coaching is the other part of this duo. Help people grow by giving them the guidance that they need to excel. All coaching isn't corrective. Catch people doing things right and let them know. Now, when you are doing corrective coaching, do it with clear intent, use clear examples, Have goals, measures, and check-ins. Be sure and build dialogue so that you know what additional help people need to excel. I've done a couple of podcasts with Terry Britton on coaching. Check the archives and listen to them for a lot more details on coaching. And also check her out on my YouTube channel. She's a real expert on coaching. Well, let me wrap this one up. Compassionate leadership is all about a focus on the human element a focus on relationships. It's a way to empathize and support others, just like we should be empathizing and supporting ourselves. 
It's budget neutral. It's a budget neutral tool for helping people become full contributors who are deeply committed to the enterprise. Not only does compassionate leadership help them reach their potential, it helps you reach yours. Thanks for listening to this podcast. I hope you got tools that you'll actually use and share. Subscribe if you haven't already. I add new and relevant leadership learning all of the time. If you haven't visited the Smichael Speaks YouTube channel, check it out. There's all sorts of new content. All of this is virtual leadership learning that will help you soar.